Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Mua, to Urbanistica Podcast. Hey, and welcome. Thank you. How are you? Great. Good to see you. <laughs> you too. Been a while now. Yeah. So how is it going? I see Helsinki. It's shining. It's H22. Yeah, it's it's crazy busy. And uh, just today I've had a guided tour and an inauguration. <laughs> But I, I see like it's a kind of a big festival in all the city. Yeah, but at the same time, it's in such a big area, yeah. so uh, it's not crowded, you know? True. It's still a lot of things happening. Yeah, yeah. But not crowded, which That's is true. weird. And again, I know you're like uh, super busy with H22, with all the activities, so I'm I'm very happy that you're here and giving your time to record the podcast. Thank you. And to the listeners, it's 9 p.m. in the evening, so <laughs> <laughs> this is how we made it work. <laughs> Exactly. So let's start with you. You are our storyteller. How would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your passion? Well, passion about uh, my work, you mean? Passion in life. <laughs> passion in life. Oh, no, that, that's too vast. <laughs> 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 too many passions. <laughs> but but myself, I, um, I studied uh, urban design and city planning in Stavanger uh, in Norway. And uh, I worked so much while I was studying, so I did it for six years. Uh, it took me six years to finish my degree mm-hmm. because I I got too busy earning money at the same time I worked as a plan architect, regulation um, planner. planner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, then I started to work as an urban designer one year before I finished uh, and graduated. So I almost worked um, for three years. Uh, as an urban designer uh, with placemaking in Stavanger. And then I moved back to Helsingborg. And I've been working for here for six years now at the urban planning department. Awesome. Uh, so tell us more about like uh, where you're from, where you grew up, your childhood. Well, I grew up here in Helsingborg. Uh, and so did you. Yes. Uh, but uh, I think you lived in Soda. Or yeah. 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 And I grew up in Västerbaja and uh, Ramlösa. Maybe people have heard of Ramlösa, the sparkling water. <laughs> I grew up not so far from the spring. Yeah. So I grew up in Helsingborg most of my most of my childhood. But I started in in the country. Uh, on a, my parents were the one of the last few of the green wave in the 80s. So they wanted to live in the country with, um, with the you know diapers that you had to wash and uh, homegrown baby food, mm-hmm. which turned out to be very exhausting. So <laughs> <laughs> my mother moved back with us, uh, me and my brother, 
to Helsingborg. Yeah. And she uh, she herself started her adult life here in Helsingborg. So this is where she decided to move back. Yeah. So you told me you have like uh, I asked you about your passion. Yeah. So you told me like a private or a work. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your passion. Uh, so uh, for work, I guess my passion is to work mm. with people more. Uh, less planning and more in action with people and get people in, involved and strengthen communities. And, and privately, it's crazy. <laughs> lot. I, I just realized that I am some kind of collector of skills. I like to know a little bit of every skill there is, especially working with my hands. That's how I relax when I come home. I... Uh, like to, well, you know, maybe work on refurbish a piece of furniture, or work in the garden, or read something. Yeah. Or something so using like your hand. Yeah, using getting my, your hand dirty. <laughs> yeah, but also uh, using my. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. So what is the last thing you did with your hands? Like, did you build something? Did you paint or? I I painted uh, my bathroom yesterday. Okay. Evening. Cool. Yeah. cool. <laughs> but I, I just bought a really big uh, house for myself. <laughs> uh, I I have twelve rooms now. It's a hundred year old school in uh, this crazy brick national romantic style. It's a wow. hundred years old, and uh, I have twelve rooms and just me so far. <laughs> I saw. I saw. It. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, uh, "What is Mua going to do? Like a hotel or open?" <laughs> <laughs> I well, I I do have some plans. I I mean, uh, I I want to make myself my own extended family, and yeah. I travel a lot, and I want to be able to host people. And uh, I created a profile on Workaway.info, and I already have uh, two. I've been there for a week now, and already have uh, two groups that want to come really? and stay with me for weeks. That's awesome. And help me out with my projects, and. You know, for having a school with a, an old school and a new house with a leaky roof, do you know what the first thing I did when I moved in there? <laughs> Tell me. I got 13 chickens. <laughs> That's not how you start. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, I'm happy to do the podcast with you. And we're going to publish it hopefully tomorrow. And it's about uh, placemaking. Yeah. And uh, the partnership between uh, Helsingborg City and uh, placemaking Europe. And also the two days that's going to be in Helsingborg to host placemaking leaders. And tell me more about uh, the the coming two days, like the placemaking days in Helsingborg. Yeah, I'm very excited. There are so many things happening yeah. here during H22 that... Yeah. You can hardly find us in the program. <laughs> but, uh, and at the same time, we have this amazing two-day event with speakers from uh, Europe and the world. And we are going to have uh, different themes, for example, uh, safety and play and activities, uh, physical activities. Uh, and and the, another theme uh, with the uh, creative bureaucracy. So we are... Dividing them into half days, I would say. Who can be part of these days? Is it only targeting specific group or 
No, no, everybody are welcome. And the first day, if you if you don't want to pay, you can come only to the first day. The second day, you pay around seventy five euros because that's uh, that includes dinner in the evening and also lunch. And the first day starts around after lunch. So then we then you get a, an awesome day and uh, also coffee and uh, and uh, cake for free. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So what what like what is the goal of these two days? Well, the goal is two ways. For us in the city and my colleagues to get inspiration from the network, uh, but also to get more uh to, to get the people, the placemakers from the network to get together and to learn from each other and grow as a group. So both as like as an inspiration for Helsingborg City. Yeah. Uh, and also like as a gathering moment for the placemakers. Yeah. And of course, everybody else that come. Yeah, exactly. I think we're gonna see you, right? Yeah, I will be there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we will also do a couple of guided tours. For example, remember when I told you about the equality project? So that has moved on into uh, a huge uh, equity and social justice in public spaces, and we are uh, we have created a certification uh, for how you do this mm. and tested it on, on one site in uh, in one of the sites for H22. So we're going to do a guided tour and tell people more about that. Oh. And another one will be about placemaking in Sadar, where we have done actually tons of projects from mini art to a uh, street art festival that we have done for four years in the area to the placemaking project in the park where we have done events for three years now and uh, but also just a bunch of different projects in the whole area that i can talk Th- these two days is happening uh, during the h22 so can you give us just a highlight about h22 for listeners maybe they want to attend the placemaking days but also stay for to see Helsingborg. There are so many awesome things that I wish to attend but I th- I think the most extraordinary part is that for many years uh, I think three or four years every department of Helsingborg have had extra money to promote every employee's idea uh, and uh, give them opportunity to pitch their idea about innovation, how to improve their their workplaces uh, assignments. Uh, and for example, the social department or the school department, how, how can we uh, improve our responsibilities, wh- what we are supposed to do here? And then you could get money for your idea and also some support to work innovative with this yeah and all of these things we are showcasing during h22 and that's what i think is the most extraordinary thing but then the h22 administration have partnered up with some an amazing partners and sponsors that are part for example ikea who have decided to create their own company within ikea to work with cities to try to cope with uh, challenges and see how how can we uh, evolve IKEA through this, for yeah. example. And they are doing this amazing 
progress uh, just like they did during H99 when they introduced uh, uh, their new uh, uh, housing projects. Yeah, yeah. Your clock. Yes. So that's that's one amazing things. But mm-hmm. then they have uh, both different event, different events, different areas where we have worked in new ways, mm-hmm. and there's interesting things to see everywhere and uh, everything is happening at the same time and no it's interesting because i heard it, the expo is happening it's open like from the 31st of may it's going to continue to continue to the 3rd of july and during this this amount of days there are more than i think 1000 activities happening from like a seminar to an to like a walk and talk yeah like 60 and 80 conferences yeah it's like a crazy thing yeah so it's cool that you that we manage as a placemakers to have also two days within this uh, expo yeah and that's also why i made it easy to uh, be able to buy just a, a ticket for one of the days mm. because i understand not many can do both of the days, True. but it's easy to squeeze in squeeze in one of the days, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 very happy about this, and I'm looking forward to to attend the two days, and hopefully see you, see many of the listeners there as well. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. We've been planning for for this event and all of H22 for so for such a long time yeah. that it's all so nice to finally see it happen. Is there something like particular that you're looking forward to within these two days? Yeah, especially to meet everybody from the network and uh, most build relationships because we haven't done that a lot no. the past three, three years, no. right? Uh, I think uh, I, I've also heard that many people are excited to come here and actually meet people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be so socially... Extra social. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's also like I'm very excited as well because uh, since I joined the network or the organization, like then it was COVID, I didn't meet anyone, only Ramon and you. So I'm I'm very excited to see all the faces that I see on on, on the Facebook group, uh, on the podcast, and you know. Right. So this is the first physical yeah yeah uh, <laughs> integration <laughs> for you. <laughs> exactly yeah. because I did the podcast with the with the boards with the leaders. Uh, I follow them on the social media. I read their the handbooks, everything. And so you can finally meet the people ex- you've stalked ex- for years. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy. So thank you so much, Mua and Placemaking uh, Europe for making this happen. So let's start from the beginning of the story. Like, what was the background of, of the partnership? I think uh, there are a few ways how we ended up where we are. Firstly, I work with the safety in public spaces. And when I did the action plan with the budget that goes with it, I said, this is how we should work. And I included placemaking as, a, as a, an important method to work with safety in public spaces for us. And the politicians uh, at the Urban Planning Council, they agreed and they approved this action plan. So that's one thing. The second thing is that our mayor uh, and all of the uh, depart- the heads of the, the different departments of Housing Board, they went on a study trip and they learned more about placemaking. And he decided we should bring this to Helsingborg and gave 
uh, the urban planning department, uh, that assignment. And thirdly, uh, as a part of age 22, uh, other people in the municipality started to dabble with the placemaking X and they got in t- touch with them and uh, somehow I ended up in a meeting with placemaking Europe. And I don't know exactly how that happened, but uh, all of a sudden we decided we should be partners. I, I'm sure placemaking Europe have a different version of this, <laughs> but this is how I remember it. <laughs> and then I had uh, a place where we uh, could start working with placemaking Europe. And so we had the means and we had goals. So that's how it started. Yeah. But why why you decided, like in your action plan, why you put placemaking? You worked with it and then you'd be like, okay, this is a great method. Let me have it. Yeah, I wanted to introduce placemaking to uh, Helsingborg City. Uh, I had worked with it uh, in my previous job in Stavanger. Mm. And I thought that would be a good way to to work different with safety. Mm. I, I know in Sweden, traditionally, you work uh, mostly with crime prevention and uh, lightning and um, removing bushes. And and the driving forces are not usually the urban planning department. And how you agree? Like, um, did you make a plan? Or, or like, if you can tell me more about right. the details of the, the partnership. Well, first of all, we don't have to... Uh, making this de- decision was something that we could do on our own. We we have the budget and we have the possibility to to make these kind of decisions. Uh, we don't have to go through our higher managers or, or bosses or anything. So once we had settled that, uh, I think Placemaking Europe uh, presented how how they suggested we should move forward and work with Gustav Adolf Square. Mm-hmm which was the site I wanted to work with. Yeah, so what is the challenge that uh, the site is facing? It has um, a, a few challenges in the area where it is, and then the site is challenging too because uh, there's traffic and traffic noise. There is uh, a big parking space that takes a lot of uh, space and uh, there are another problem is homeless people and people drinking and using drugs on the square and uh, in the evening it really feels unsafe there's mostly only men outside and uh, it's also a very segregated area another thing is also the market yeah which many people bring up as the most positive thing and also many people bring it up as the most negative thing. Mm. So that's that's also a problem. And the market itself has many uh, more detailed problems. Like uh, at the entrance, there's a very smelly, a really disgusting smelly yeah. fish uh, food truck. Mm. And uh, there's also garbage that smells and also the toilet that smells. Yeah. And that's the entrance. And it doesn't look like a nice entrance either. It's not clear how you enter. There's a, mm. and the tents are put in two rows, so there's two backsides, yeah, uh, turning into the rest of the square. Mm. So yeah, and as you mentioned, like the the market, like people like it because, like they say, there it's a livable square because we can buy food and so on. 
at the same time the backside of it is like the garbage the smells and so on yeah and i also know that my colleagues uh, who deals with the people that uh, rent marketplaces they have a lot of issues uh, and there have there have been a few conflicts yeah and also uh, an issue about is not actually a, a, a suspicion that there's not many uh, different vendors, but they they all belong to the same company. Mm. They just pretend to be different. Yeah. Another big issue is that a lot of young mi- women actually uh, experience uh, sexual assault. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of men that do that sexual uh, assault women mm. and harass women. Yeah. So, so like the square is divided like to parking, uh, car parking, a market, and then an open space. Yeah. Some benches. So tell me what's what was the plan? What was the plan with placemaking Europe? Like what for this square? When you do placemaking, you can't do it alone. So I wanted to use this organization uh, to get more people involved into wanting to placemake in this area. That was my main main goal because. I myself had already worked with placemaking and I had also started a placemaking project in the park nearby. Okay. This was just an extension of that. Mm. But I wanted to bring the mythology. The experts. Into, within, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, involve more people. So what is the plan? Tell me, how. what is the idea to work with the square and, and transform it? Well, I, I think since the site is so complex, uh, we have to deal with one thing at a time or start dealing with one thing at a time. I think the market turned out to be a very problematic place. So I decided to start in the easy part with a playground. And uh, that's how we moved forward. And we wanted to both involve the kids in the the playground decision-making, but also create an, an identity with the playground. And this is how we sold it. We asked a few companies that make this kind of playground equipment and asked them to include the architectural identity, maybe the roofs or the facades or something, into the playground to maybe make a mini soda in the playground. Uh, and then we told them that we want you to, well, besides the budget and uh, the pro- proposals and so on, wanted them to include a sketch of how they wanted it to look like that we wanted to show kids and, uh, and let them decide which, which playground they, li- they like the best. And uh, we asked three different companies. Two of them met our uh, requirements. So we showed uh, kids during two days the different sketches and one of them won and... Uh, that one is going to be built now in um, August, September, I think. Awesome. And um, if you take me back in, 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 the, in the beginning of the process, because you say, I want placemaking Europe for the methodology and expertise. So how was like the, the different steps in the process? Like, uh, did you make... Well, the- we did uh, a row of workshops. This was when the pandemic started. So we had to uh, together start learning how to do it uh, from a distance for example normally they would come and we you would do uh, a few days or a couple of days together and uh, now we decided to do a few hours here and there 
uh, and on a distance. So Vivian, she was speaking to us from another country. And then I gathered the big group in front of the big TV and watched Vivian. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did different exercises to learn about the square, uh, to analyze it and start moving forward. Another thing that we decided to to work on very soon was also to create some kind of pop-up office. Uh, we bought a container that we're going to uh, use for events, but also to let other parts of the city to be more visible and uh, accessible mm. to the people. I, I think I also wanted to work with an external part because then the, I knew there would be better progress than when I do something on my own because then you have someone else also pushing and that especially is something that I, I think a lot of a lot more things are happening because I have them as a partner yeah if I understand the story cor- correctly so uh, the partnership first is about the square yeah. uh, and uh, the different steps in the process first was a kind of, um, let's say, program for, for you working in the city about what is placemaking and how you can work with it. Yeah. And then you went more to analyze the, the square. Yeah, and, and also they, um, they helped out when my colleagues, for example, had uh, projects nearby, very close to the square. For example, one of my colleagues, Andrea, he was working with parklets that was supposed that it's going to be in Södergatan which is one of the adjacent, adjacent streets to yeah. the square. So then uh, Placemaking Europe helped him to do a few workshops. The Placemaking Europe actual, actually made that pro- process or, or the result a bit different than what we normally do. Okay. What, what's different here is that we have three organizations that, that are hosts, I suppose, for each parklet and they are going to take care of the parklets instead of paying an entrepreneur to to maintain the parklets uh, these organizations are going to get paid to have their members take care of it and then they can use it and have information and try to get more members into the organization mm. at the same time they get money for their organization yeah. so they can do more uh, work for the community. So you 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 feel or you you think that it's uh, you got another perspective when you invited Placemaking Europe to to help somebody to work together. Yeah. What is the next step in the process? Because I guess it's not done yet. The project or the partnership. Well, I think now uh, when we have the playground up and running, and then the container and the pop up office up and running. I think I want to involve them in developing and improving the events and uh, how we're how we are moving forward with that. And then maybe in a year or so I think I will be ready to start dealing with markets. Do you feel that like uh, your colleagues now are more familiar with the with the placemaking as a method uh, as a definition? Uh, I mean, bef- before uh, when when placemaking Europe c- came and and did the introduction program, so you feel now it's easier to communicate with your colleagues about what is a placemaking and yeah, and I think uh, everybody are using placemaking uh, and saying that they're working with placemaking in their projects now. <laughs> so in a way, maybe not everybody knows exactly what placemaking is, but 
uh, everybody seemed to be very positive and it has definitely grown as a method- methodology in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actually, my my manager, she encouraged me to have it in my individual development plan or the, my uh, individual goal for the next year mm-hmm. to to work further and implement placemaking and introduce it to the whole city and, and our urban planning department. So that, that has been my personal goal for, yeah. for this year. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, back to, to urban planning and city scale. Uh, I'm an urban planner and you work also with the urban planning department. So uh, from your perspective, what should urban planners stop doing when they plan cities? Well, yeah, maybe stop overthinking things and start doing things more. More action, less less talk. Explain more. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess it's a frustration from my own work how you get uh, sucked into all of these theoretical and all of the meetings and uh, all you want to do is uh, is to do results right but uh yeah it's it's been a a thought i've had for some time that maybe we are overthinking everything as well does it really have to be this complicated to build a city why have we made it so complicated why don't we all, all already have the knowledge to understand what people want like wh- why we why we're complicating things why we are making it so difficult for us maybe because we are intellectual human beings and evolving the society i mean everything in in our society becomes more complicated from our cars to what we're wearing um, how we educate the kids and so on mm. and what are the skills that urban planners should learn well i i just found out that uh, many people don't really learn about the social needs in public spaces and uh, equality and these complicated social issues that affect the places where people uh, that people are designing which is to me the most important part Mm. Because uh, you, you you told me like you study the social aspect in the urban design, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, in my education, we did more social studies in public spaces than I uh, understand what most people do in architectural and landscape architectural uh, schools. Yeah. So you think this, uh, this uh, kind of skills we should learn like integrate the social aspect when we plan cities yeah uh yeah i I think sometimes we focus too much on uh animals in the city than the people in the city Mm -hmm. at at least that's what i hear from my landscape (laughs) colleagues yeah interesting and uh, if you are in charge with all the cities around the world and you are allowed to create one rule or add one thing could be like something physical so what will you create or add to our cities? I I think I would add a safe place for children where everybody can grow up and feel safe and happy. 
Hmm. How do you how are you going to do that? I knew that question would come. <laughs> <laughs> Call placemaking. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, working with the uh, equality so much the past few years, mm. I've learned uh, that uh, that's not the case. Not everybody have the same opportunities where they grow up. And uh, so I think we need to focus more on, on those areas and uh, from our perspective and our uh, urban planning uh, responsibilities, we need to make the most effort to uh, at least make the, give them the best public space they could have. Yeah. And this what they really need is yeah. uh, the best kind of school and safe homes, but we can do what we can with the public spaces. Yeah. And this question is actually not on, on the on the paper, so I see how you are going to answer. Are you going off script now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is a tricky one. So, if you will get one million dollar as a budget, how are you going to invest it? Is you need to invest it on projects within city? Where how are what are you going to do with your with your one million dollar? Oh, that's a good question. I would. I I would focus on more uh, green social places mm. in the city, uh, and uh, maybe remove all of the cars, those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is simple. Yeah, it's more more green and more social spaces. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So and now we and I have the last two questions for you. And the first one is going to be you giving me and the listeners three takeaway messages about how can we plan and design and develop future cities. One thing would be then to uh, get to know the human nature more in public spaces where you, there you're planning and designing. Uh, what are... Try to use different exercises to really understand what do the people want and try to get out of your own head and uh, try to lay your own ambitions aside. Uh, and that leads me maybe into another part of this uh, to stop using design as the, like the, like the main principle. Uh, it needs to uh, a public place needs to function better than it needs to be designed I think and secondly more color and more art into the projects that's what I always work with I always have I always try to have a colorful uh, if, if I can't have art into the project which is mostly street art as well uh, I I, I try to add a lot of color in the furniture or the green uh, landscape. So very, very interesting. Thank you so much, Mo. I'm, I'm very happy that we recorded this episode and hopefully see you in uh, two weeks. Uh, thank you for having me, Mustafa.
Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.